Hi, welcome to Love Anarchy Podcast, The Relationship Rebellion. Do you have what it takes to join the rebellion? Well, what you need is just an interest in going deeper and delving into areas that aren't mainstream. Deeper than the ego part of love, which really isn't love, the the surface, the looks, the money, and really getting to the meat of what love relationships really are. My passion of starting this was that I've been divorced for 15 years now, and I stumbled into online dating after my divorce not knowing what to expect, not quite knowing how to do it, and actually being very threatened by it initially. And since finding all the difficulties and the struggles of meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet, that you would have normally already screened out, knowing you didn't have any energy or connection between the two of you already. So we're faced with time wasted. We're faced with going on dates that can be traumatizing and often leave us with a negative feeling about online dating, about love, and about relationships. So what... I'm hoping here is that you settle in and sit with me and my guest as if we're having a conversation, feeling connected when we feel so disconnected and doing this alone. Because if you ask people what dating even is, you get many different examples of what people think it is. Some people think dating is just feeling someone out to see if you want to spend more time with them. Some people feel like dating is being exclusive. When you're dating someone, you're not seeing anybody else. Some people feel dating is dating many people at one time. Some people feel that dating is having sex with many people. It means so much to so many different people. And so do so many other terms and ideas that we have in social media and what we're told, what we see in the movies. So I'm hoping on this podcast that we can clarify some of this and that you won't feel so alone in trying to reach out to others to date, to date online, to meet people in person, to ask that person out or show interest to that person that you work with or that works at the office that you have meetings at. Finding that cop confidence and that optimism to get out there and to really take control 
in finding the love that you want, making the changes within yourself, looking into your subconscious patterns, looking beyond the generalizations about the sexes, and looking deeper into yourself and finding the truth of what it is you really want and being honest with yourself and learning how to be honest with other people. On this podcast, you're going to learn the truth of what works and what doesn't work. Looking in deeper to those suggestions or those top five things to do to attract the opposite sex or a partner. I'm going to help you with finding what you want in love and in a partner. We're going to simplify the complexity of dating and what really works on your profile, what really works in communication without the games, without trying to manipulate or coming from ego and coming from a place of authenticity and being yourself and finding somebody who really likes you for you, not for the things that you're able to act and create a false connection with. I'd also like to help you walk through on how to attract what you're actually wanting through subtleties and getting to know yourself and your confidence, as well as how to connect with others. We've been through a series of stages of disconnect with social media, with only communicating over text, which I don't believe is real communication. And even telephone is tough. You really can't get a sense of somebody else. And it leads to fantasizing even more so than we do in our culture about who that person is or what we hope they are. I'll also help with tips and communication and finding out more about people on a deeper level, about building trust and about trusting yourself, especially when it comes to vulnerability. Vulnerability is the thing that creates attachment and deeper connection. And that other thing, too, with disconnect was COVID. We were isolated. We couldn't see even day-to-day contacts. And some people had good experiences with it, and some people not so good, and some people both. We learned a lot about being with ourselves and sitting with ourselves and thinking about what we really want who we really want to connect with, who we really want to be out in that world. And while some people with partners that they'd never spent this much time with realized it wasn't the relationship, the ideal relationship that they wanted for themselves, 
or their families. And other people got closer to their partners. They learned to move through spending a lot of time together, sometimes in close quarters. And they cultivated and found a deeper relationship with themselves and each other. It brought up a lot of thinking for all of us. And this is a lot of the reason and the energy behind this podcast. The important of the importance of connection. And even before COVID, that it was starting to fade anyhow. And now as we're coming out, taking the things that we learned about ourselves and what we want and who we are out in the world and making clearer and more authentic decisions about the relationships and the people that we choose to have around us. So now you're wondering who I am, Andrea Atherton. Well, I'm a lot of things, but one thing I am is a optimist about love. I feel like my calling is to learn about love and teach others about love. It's felt like my calling almost all my life. In my work as a yoga teacher, as a psychotherapist, as a Reiki healer, and now as a relationship consultant and coach at Manifest Consulting. And here on the podcast, reaching our wider audience to kind of spread that optimism and keeping that belief that love is the only true power in love and romantic love can still exist, even with all these things working against it. So bring me back to my childhood, being brought up, having two borderline narcissistic parents Um, One, I never really knew. That was my father. He was in Vietnam and left my life at a very early age, dealing with his own trauma and dealing with his own mental health issues. Only knowing him for a couple years between the time I was 16 and 18, knowing there was something wrong with him, but not quite sure. My mother, a little more subtle, She was 19 when she had me, um, and my father left her when we lived on base in Laurel, Maryland. We moved back to my grandparents' house in upstate New York and lived with them my entire childhood and early adulthood when I was going to junior college. My mother went out a lot and drank and partied, and had times where she wouldn't come home. And later I realized her issues and her narcissism. And even though as a young child I placed her on a pedestal, as I unfolded it, how much it affected me and my ability to love and my ability to know what love is, and to love myself. So basically raised by my grandparents, my grandmother who had her own trauma. I was very close with my grandfather. He was a World War II vet, funny as all get out, 
a Spitfire, and a lovely big-hearted man. And I thank goodness for him being that example because I think he was rare and how much he loved my grandmother and how much he stood by her. But then after that, I was curious about psychology and art. Went to college, learned a lot about myself in college, developed better relationships, higher self-esteem. And I went to grad school for art therapy, where I learned to become a uh, psychotherapist um, using creativity and art as expression. So I loved going deeper into the mind, and I loved the idea of the right brain side and creativity and that expression being an authentic sense of who we are and who I was. So in my career as a psychotherapist and addictions counselor down the road, yoga-informed therapist, I realized that most people came in to see me when something was wrong in their relationships or often relationship with themselves. But I would see couples, I would see people, and a lot of the things we talked about was how their relationship mirrored who they really were inside. And oftentimes, the health of their relationship really mirrored back the health of themselves and our ability to be authentic and trust and show those very hidden parts of ourselves to somebody else has a lot to do with our mental health. And two, who we surround ourselves with has a lot to do with our mental health. So I learned a lot through over 20 years in the field as a psychotherapist and decided to really hone down my skill as a relationship consultant because I love love and I love the depth of love and I love how love can heal. And seeing this disconnect in our culture and trying to control dating and control love is counterintuitive, I think, to who we really are. So personally, I know your pain. And I've learned a lot personally for going out and dating. I was a serial monogamist. As a later in my teens, had my heart broken at 16, took me a couple years to get over, but had pretty two, three-year relationships, one after another when I was younger. And I met my husband before I moved out to Colorado in Rochester, New York, when I was in grad school. We moved out together, bought a house. He proposed every year, and I always wonder, well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So I turned 30 and then 31. We had a house. And I wanted to have a baby all of a sudden. Imagine that. 
So I thought it was a great idea to get married. We lived very individual lives and, you know, it was, it was good. And I loved him. He loved me. We got married. We had a child. But working together and having a child really didn't work. We realized how different we really were. And it split us apart. I knew we weren't going to make it when I was three months pregnant. And he wasn't willing to bend or change anything on how we lived our lives. And I guess he always expected that I pick up the pieces. Well, anyways, my daughter turned three and a half and I did everything that I thought I possibly could and it ended. There's no great time to end a relationship that it will never impact your child or yourself. But I got to admit, that was one of the hardest things that I've been through. All my life, I felt like everything always moved forward. Getting my degrees and moving to Colorado and buying a house, everything was positive and moving forward. And this is the first time I dumped a lot of money into something that I felt like I failed at and that didn't work out. But I also held on to the big house because I had this idea or ideal (laughs) that like some of my friends, I would just meet the man I was going to marry next within a couple years, year to three years after the divorce, right? Because that's how it works. Well, for some people it is. But I also at that time really took the opportunity to get to know myself and what I really wanted and was okay with being single or became okay with being single. I had a couple long-term relationships that I learned a lot from, but I didn't feel so pressured to get married and look at marriage now more as a icing on the cake versus the cake itself. In this, I've had short-term relationships. I've been had periods of time where I was online but didn't really date. And when I was online and did date, and there was times I wasn't online or didn't date at all and just spent time with my daughter. It was really hard to meet men in my field and being a single mom because it's kind of awkward trying to flirt with someone when you have your four-year-old screaming, mommy, 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 across the playgrounds. So I guess that was never really on my mind or trying to figure out how to integrate that. And in, then in my field, I couldn't date my clients as a psychotherapist. That's a little unethical. And a lot of people in my field were female. So I was never a person to really like to date where I worked either. I actually belonged to a singles meetup group played volleyball, we had barbecues, we'd do New Year's Eve events together, and I became such good friends with everybody, I didn't want to date anybody and ruin it. As some of the other people kind of migrated around and dated one another, it didn't always go smoothly. 
but I had no inkling to kind of break up the friendships that I created there. So my only option was online dating. So with my curiosity, with my experience in psychology and my deep interest in connection and communication, I actually learned a lot from dating. And I took what I learned and applied it for my clients and I applied it for myself and have a vast experience of online dating in different periods of time and that experience of how it's developed to how it is right now, especially with the influence of messaging and texting and social media and the ease in just being someone else just to get temporary gratification left me, many of my clients, feeling like they wanted something deeper. And so here I am, moving after COVID, taking the time to create the business as a relationship consultant to help people individually and hopefully on the podcast and through educating on deeper ways to form relationships and to cultivate more than our ego-centric culture and having those superficial experiences. Well, we're on a journey together. You're not alone. And I can't say that I figured everything out And that's why I'm so excited to have guests on who are experts in the field or have experience that they can share with us to deepen our own experience with the relationship with ourselves and in relationship with others, romantic friendships or otherwise. Because we're only as strong as the top five people that are in our lives. And we are especially affected by our romantic partners, especially if we marry or live with them or spend a great deal of time with them. They're important structures in our physical, mental, and spiritual health. Well, here comes the time to end the podcast. And first off, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me here on Love Anarchy, and joining the Relationship Rebellion. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends about Love Anarchy so they can listen too. want to leave with my favorite phrase, short but powerful. Love is the only true power.